Have you ever sung a song and sang the wrong lyric? Kind of embarrassing if others pointed out. That's happened to me more times than I care to remember, but probably the most memorable happened one day years ago when I was singing along with the hit, Frankie Valley hit, uh, My Eyes Adored You. And I was singing what I thought was the right lyric. The lyric is, My Eyes Adored You. But I sang My Sweet Georgia. And it would have been fine had I been by myself, but my future wife, Anne, was with me at the time, and she said, do you, what'd you just say? What'd you just sing? And I said, I sang My Sweet Georgia. And she said, I'm pretty sure the lyric is My Eyes Adore You. And it was at that moment that it clicked, because that's the name of the song. And I realized, I was really embarrassed at the moment, but I, I also realized that I'd been singing that song the wrong way for 10 years. You know what's amazing about that is that that phenomenon actually has a name. It's called a mondgreen. And a mondgreen is defined as a misunderstood or misrepresented word or phrase resulting from mishearing the lyrics of a song. I, I think as I did research for this talk, I found there are literally tens of thousands of these all over all kinds of songs. It's remarkable. Let me give you a couple examples of what I'm talking about. I heard about this young guy. He was 11 years old, I think, at the time, and he misheard a lyric from the 1979 hit by Rupert Holmes called If You Like Pina Coladas. And he was singing what he, the, the lyric supposed to be, Do You Like Pina Coladas? But he was singing, Do You Like Bean Enchiladas? which I think is just so great. He probably didn't even know what a pina colada was, and that's probably good. But on another, one other example comes from the hymn book, Onward Christian Soldiers, a guy not really familiar with the whole Christian kind of process and story. He's singing the, the line that should be with the cross of Jesus going on before, but this guy is singing with the cross-eyed Jesus going on before. No one told him it was the cross of Jesus and that Jesus' eyes were just fine. They were fine. Well, I assume that you've probably had a few Mond Green moments in your own life, and these, these comical misheard lyrics remind us just how important listening is in our world. Last week, we started this series called Bless, and these messages are a study of that looks at the strategy of blessing that Jesus used that we find in the Bible. Many of us have come to realize that the best way to live out the mission of making disciples that Jesus gave us, the best way to live out that mission is to be a blessing to the people God puts in our lives. During this series, we're challenging one another to identify people that we've been called to bless. And instead of just sitting back, hoping that they will meet Jesus and begin to follow him, we actually take steps helping them to meet Jesus and follow him. BLESS is an acronym, and it represents the five missional practices that we could do every day. We can carry these out every single day. They're not that difficult. And last week, we started with the letter B, which stands for begin to pray. 
And today we're going to focus on the letter L, which stands for listen. If we're going to bless our neighbors, it's going to include some real intentional listening. You know, every relationship starts with listening to someone's words as they share about their life. Really hearing and understanding what a person, what a person you've been praying for is saying, that feeling for them is so important. It may be the kindest thing that we can ever give to them. See, once you pray, listening is the next step to loving your neighbor, your coworker, your friend, your family, and then helping them to know the love of God. Here's a key point, though, when it comes to listening. Problems are produced when we don't listen. We live in a world where we hardly see anybody actually listening to one another. I mean, think about it. We see this in politics. We see it in social media. We even see it in our own neighborhoods. Often in politics, partisans rarely care about what the other side of the aisle has to say. And social media has all kinds of people who are more interested in what they have to say than what someone else has to say. And even in our neighborhoods, there's so much less listening going on today. You know, in past decades, people sat on their front porch and they visited with their neighbors who were out on an evening stroll. It wasn't uncommon for them to invite them up onto the porch, sit down, have a glass of iced tea or lemonade, and just share life in a visit. But today, so many of us open our garage door remotely and we drive in, never emerging from the house until the next morning. We have almost no interaction, let alone are we even sharing with each other. There's a lot less listening going on these days. The opposite of listening is not the act of speaking, but waiting to speak. Let that sink in for a minute. And when we're waiting to speak, that often includes us planning what our next thing is that we're going to say. Even when we aren't talking, we can simply be waiting for our turn to talk while not actually listening to the words that someone else is saying. I want you to try an experiment sometime today. It'll only take you about 20 seconds and then maybe a minute or two after that. I want you to be, try being silent for about 20 seconds and pay really close attention to everything that you hear. And then make a list of what you heard after that 20 seconds. It may be really enlightening to you just how many things you hear in just 20 seconds when you're intentionally listening. You were hearing all those things before, but they went unheard because you weren't intentionally listening. That can happen to the people in our lives also. Dave Ferguson in his book, Bless, writes, and when we don't listen, people not only feel unheard, but begin to feel unknown. My wife, Ann, works for a medical billing company by tracking down unpaid bills and figuring out why they haven't been paid by the insurance company. So she spends most of her day talking to insurance company customer service representatives. And you thought you had a fun job. 
Anna's actually really good at her job because she is relentless. She never gives up. She stays after it until she gets the answer. Now, it's routine that the first part of almost every call starts by talking to a computer. And it's kind of comical. There are times when the computer doesn't really understand what Anne is saying. And I can hear her from the other room. She's repeating over and over words like associate, representative, customer service. Because every, every company has their own kind of key word to get you to a real person. See, and if all those commands don't work, then you will hear her shouting, help, help, help. Her hope is that eventually her cries for help will lead her to getting to talk to a real human being who hopefully will help her to solve the problem. A few weeks ago, I asked Dan how work went, and she said, I had this one claim today that took forever. And the third time I got disconnected, I thought I was going to lose it. I was going to explode. You know, we probably all had a moment like that when you can't get anyone to listen to you. And it's almost comical to hear the computer voice on the other end of the line say when you call back for the third or fourth time, your call is important to us. Please stay on the line. The truth is, you never feel valued when you feel that no one is listening. When a friend or coworker or neighbor comes to talk, do you listen or are you a fixer? Do you shift into fix-it mode rather than listening to what they're saying? You see, most people don't want your expertise. Instead, they want your support. They just want to be heard. And then they'll know that you care. If we want to love our neighbors as ourselves, if we want to bless those people God puts in our path, we have to be intentional to listen to them. Jesus modeled that. In fact, Jesus was the ultimate listener. He modeled this second bless missional practice in amazing ways. He was motivated by love for every person that he met. Luke records one of these encounters. In Luke, the 18th chapter, this is what we read, starting with verse 35. It says, As Jesus came near Jericho, a blind man was sitting and begging by the road. When he heard the crowd going by, he tried to find out what was happening. The people told him that Jesus from Nazareth was passing by. Then the blind man shouted, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. The people at the front of the crowd told the blind man to be quiet. But he shouted even louder, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and ordered them to bring the man to him. Don't miss something very important here. Jesus wasn't looking for someone to heal that day. He was actually on his way to Jerusalem for the Passover feast. And as he heads into Jericho, which was the last stop before Jerusalem, there are lots of people making this trip with him. There are a lot of people on their way to Jerusalem for Passover. And in the midst of the crowds, there's this one blind man, and he's calling out, have mercy on me. 
In all of the commotion, Jesus actually heard this one voice. It reminds me of how a mom can hear her babies cry clear across the house. Even when there's all kinds of other commotion, a TV on, people are talking, kids are playing. But the minute her baby cries, a mom somehow has this unique gift to hear the cry of her baby throughout all that other commotion. Luke continues in verse 40. He says, when the man came near, Jesus asked him, what do you want me to do for you? The blind man said, Lord, I want to see again. Jesus told him, receive your sight. Your faith has made you well. Immediately, he could see again. He followed Jesus and praised God. All the people saw this, and they too praised God. So it's not a surprise that Jesus healed a blind man. But don't miss a key part of this narrative. Jesus asked him a question. It was this. What do you want me to do for you? What do you want me to do for you? You know, this might seem like an odd question. Surely Jesus knew that this man was blind, so why does he bother asking the question? This question reveals something profound about the character of Jesus. It shows that Jesus didn't assume that he knew what this man needed. Here's a key takeaway for us. Don't assume you know what people need. Don't assume that you know what people need. If you want to bless your neighbor, then don't just hear their words when they speak, but really listen. Turn off all the distractions, the phone, the TV, the Netflix, the Xbox, all the things that kind of pull you away and be present in the moment. Give them your full attention. Then, when we take time to listen and get to know them, that's when that person will truly feel loved and blessed. When you look through the books of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, where we find the story of Jesus, you will see Jesus modeling these blessed missional practices. It's in the ordinary interactions with people that you you will see that he paused, sat down, made eye contact, and then simply listened. Here's a key point. Living a life that blesses others like Jesus did isn't mostly about the magnificent events. Now, Jesus had a lot of those magnificent events. He healed all kinds of people, and he did miraculous things as well. He turned water into wine. He calmed the sea from a storm to to being calm. He 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 fed 5,000 people. He did some remarkable things. But his life wasn't mostly about those healings and those miracles. It was best lived out in the ordinary, in the everyday. It's in these regular moments of life that we can get near to others and actually listen to what's going on in their hearts and minds, just like Jesus did. That's the greatest opportunity to love and bless them. Rene Lenec is a doctor, a French doctor, who lived in the early 1800s, who was uncomfortable placing his ear on a woman's chest to listen to her heart. 
So in 1816, he invented what is known today as the stethoscope, which doctors continued to use an updated version. He was also famous for telling doctors and nurses this. If you use this tool, referencing the stethoscope, don't stop listening to your patients. They will still tell you how to heal them. Clearly, Lanek wanted doctors to listen to the people they cared for. He knew that there was great insight into listening well to their patients. But instead of listening, it's easy to quickly assess that the issue, what the issue is and just move beyond. I got it. I understand now. Let's, let's get this done. We assume that we know what they're saying or where this thing is headed. And when that happens, we can end up missing what they actually wanted to say. I saw this happen years and years ago. I sat in an emergency room many, many years ago with a special needs man who, had, who was a member of the church where I was working at the time. And he had fallen, and he was in serious, serious pain. And he'd spent almost the entire night in the emergency room waiting room. Now he's finally in a room in the ER, and soon a doctor came in and came to examine him and talk. He asked him a few questions about what was going on, what was hurting, and the man explained that he had fallen. Clearly, he was in tremendous pain. The doctor asked if he took any medications regularly, and the man said that his doctor had prescribed one pain pill for him to take at night to help him sleep. You see, this man had been hit by a car 10 years earlier, and as a result, he dealt with chronic pain ever since that accident. Well, the ER doctor then asked, began to ask questions whether this man was actually injured or was he just there trying to get more pills. That was a common thing that ER doctors dealt with at that time. I tried to talk to the doctor trying to advocate for this man's story that it was legitimate. And finally, the doctor relented and sent him for x-rays, came back that he had a broken collarbone and a couple broken ribs. The doctor was very gracious after learning about the man's injuries, but it just shows how easy it is to assume something and jump to conclusions. Stephen Covey, in his book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, writes this. This is habit number five. He says, seek first to understand before seeking to be understood. I like the way the Bible puts it in uh, Proverbs 18, verse 13. It's stupid and embarrassing to give an answer before you listen. When we assume we know what is going on, when we have haven't fully listened to what the other person has to share, then we will usually miss something about what is actually going on. One way to understand what someone is trying to say to us is to listen empathetically. This listening is listening to a person's heart. This is putting yourself in the other person's shoes to better understand their situation. 
Let me give you three things that are really important if you want to listen empathetically. First of all, to listen empathetically requires giving your full attention. To give your full attention, as we talked about before, you need to eliminate as many distractions as possible. The biggest distraction for most of us is our phone. Let's be honest. It's always there, and it's always dinging or buzzing. A few years ago, I had a meeting with a young man in my office, and shortly after the meeting started, he picked up his phone several times while I was talking, and he seemed to be typing something into the phone. At least that's what I thought. Well, after the third time this happened, I asked him if there was a problem. He said no. So I asked him why he kept picking up his phone. Was there something that he needed to take care of? I could wait, and he said no. I'm just playing a game. I tried not to be too offended in the moment, but if I'm being honest, it, it hurt my feelings a little bit. He was still playing a game. If you need to take an important call while you're with someone, apologize for the interruption and excuse yourself. People understand, especially when you're courteous. But for the rest of the conversation, Try eliminating the things that will distract you from listening to them. To give your full attention, show interest. And to give your full attention, show interest by making eye contact and leaning in toward the person. These actions show that you are actively listening and they will help you to stay focused. And let's be honest. We all live busy and active lives, and it's easy sometimes to find ourselves tired, sluggish, struggling to focus, so it helps to be intentional to give your full attention. The second thing we need to do to listen empathetically, it requires asking questions. These are questions that you ask to help understand what your friend is sharing. Let me give you a couple examples. You might ask them, how did that make you feel? Or were you confident or afraid? Or did you feel supported? Listen closely to the answer when you ask a question. Keep in mind, this isn't an exercise. This is someone's life. And we should treat it with the dignity that they deserve. Also, when you ask these questions, you'll be signaling to the other person that you're actively working to understand what they're saying. And that communicates to them that you value them. Well, the third thing to do in order to listen empathetically requires defining the issue. After you've given your friend time to talk, then share a summary statement of what you heard them say. Examples are like, it sounds like you're struggling with this. Or what I think I hear you saying is that you were hurt by that person. And once you share what you've heard the issue to be, then listen for feedback. Because they'll help define it. You might say, hey, I sense that you were upset. And they go, no, no, actually I was more discouraged. This will help you to dial in what your friend is talking about. Empathetic listening will help you to hear what they are saying, and it will bless them in the process. 
And then once you've shared what is on your heart, then most of the time they'll be open to ideas, suggestions, or encouragements that you have to share. They almost always will be open to you praying for them in a moment like that. This kind of opportunity will be a tremendous blessing to the other person, and you might be surprised just how meaningful it will be to you as well. Listening is how we really get to know people in our lives. These are people God has brought to our mind and we've been praying for, or maybe these are people who God has brought into our lives through circumstances. These are people you were continuing to pray about and how we might bless, and we're asking God, show us what we need to do. I want you to think about it. When we listen to another person, that person is being known. And when they're known, they're loved. They experience that unconditional agape love we've talked about so often here. When you take time to listen and truly get to know that person, that's when the people who share with you truly feel loved. It was said that it is said that Jesus was asked 307 questions in the Bible and he answered only 3 of them. The rest of the time he just listened. Clearly part of Jesus' method of loving people around him was to ask a good question and then listen. Sounds like a pretty good plan to me. Don't underestimate the power of beginning with prayer and then listening. The remaining three bless missional practices that we're going to look at in the next three weeks are a lot more action-oriented. For those of you introverts, you may not like it as much, but the extroverts will. But they won't be effective if you don't first start by beginning with prayer and then listening. Finally, you don't want to miss next week. Next week, we're going to look at the next blessed practice, and that's going to, that, that's going to be, for a lot of you, it's going to be your favorite one of all five of these. I know it's one that I love personally. Before we close, I want to pray with you. Let's pray. We all know how meaningful it is, God, when people listen to us, when our life is out of sorts or we're carrying a burden and someone pulls up a chair, looks us in the eye and just waits for us to share, we all know how, that, how important that is in our lives. When life is challenging, it means so much to have someone in our life to share it with a good friend, a brother, a member of our family, a trusted coworker. God, give us love for those you put in our lives so we will listen when, the, when they share with us what's on their heart. And help us not to jump ahead, assuming that we know how to fix things. Instead, give us the patience needed at times to empathetically listen 
to what's going on in their story. Jesus, you set that example. Help us to follow it. We pray this in your precious name. Amen.